Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I want to welcome to the show my handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. In a minute, I want to tell you first what we're going to talk about today. Today's show is about six reasons to adopt shelter cats. What do you think about that, Dewey? Oh, hello, everybody, and hello to my beautiful wife who does a great show here every week for you folks. Uh, wow, six reasons to adopt a shelter cat. Wow. Uh, I can see <laughs> the see why that's probably a good topic to talk about because there's lots of cats in shelters. So You know, there's probably a lot more than six reasons. I would think. And yeah. I want our listeners to to respond either on our social media with more reasons you can think of or send them to me by email. But I think there's more than six, but I, I thought I could come up with six solid reasons. That's awesome. So what about the bonding tip of the week? Yes. The Vitacraft bonding tip of the week. I'm glad you reminded me. So the last couple of weeks we've, I've kind of been on a, a theme about food and how you feed your cat and how that relates to bonding better with them. And I want to continue that theme this week, too, with your bonding tip this week is to lightly touch or pet your cat while you're feeding it or when you go to feed it, when you put the food down. And the reason for that is because the cat then associates you with the food. And obviously, that's a really good thing. Cats are really motivated by food. And and it's really super important to do that if you have a kitten, um, if you are fostering kittens or have a young cat or a cat that's recovering from a traumatic event. You know, a lot of times they can get real jumpy. And so when you put the food down, just give them, give them a little pet so they know you and your touch and they're associated with something really great, like a meal. You're providing the meal for them. And that is a super strong bonding time. Because, you know, we kind of think of bonding like we do with other people. And we think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cuddle with you. You know, when you and I cuddle on the couch and watch a show, that's bonding. We're having a, a physical bonding time. But, you know, sometimes cats don't want to bond that way with you. And, um, but they they do want to eat. And so if you pet them while they're eating, then they associate that. But don't overdo it. Just a couple strokes and a little talking like, you know, hope you enjoy that. Sure do love you. Finish your dinner. I'm going away now kind of thing. So, you know, when I'm feeding our cat, Pico, um, I'm at the sink and I'm preparing his food in the sink and he jumps up on the counter by the sink and he rubs on my shoulder, um, you know, several times and he will even lean against me 
as I'm eating. It's <laughs> yeah, cute. So it's like it's he's a, giving it's you our a little, own little bonding time. Right it is. There. It is. And that's why. Well, that's one of the main reasons why, you know, when you came into my life, I said, you need to feed the cat at least one meal a day. Well, we feed him, you know, five meals a day and you feed two of those plus set the timer at night. So it is your time to bond with him because I knew that if you didn't and I was the only one feeding him, then he was going to primarily bond with me. So it's a great and and you should see it. It's very cute. Pico gets up on that counter and and gives Dewey a big hug. He just leans on his shoulder and looks up adoringly at him. It is it's the cutest thing ever. I'll try to get it on video someday and post it on social media. Uh, we don't <laughs> want to do that unless yes. it's evening time. <laughs> my morning my morning face and my morning hair wouldn't go good with that (laughs) (laughs) you're cute all the time oh thank you my beautiful love okay so um let's dive into this so when people go to acquire a new cat they typically have a choice right so they can either go to a breeder i guess uh which you don't recommend or they adopt from a shelter or a rescue right that's about the only places you can get them well, there no, there's definitely other places. Like I, I hear a lot of times of cats being rehomed to family members or a friend of the family. You know, someone, someone you know has a cat and needs to get rid of it, and uh, and you get it from a friend or family. Or there's a cat that's living outside. Either it's a true outside cat that's never lived in a home, or sometimes people, you know, let their cats out. And they're either indoor, outdoor, or mostly outdoor. Maybe they have a cat door, so they can come and go when they want. And cats are real opportunistic. So they may be out wandering up and down the street and decide they like you better. And they pick you, and you think, oh, this poor cat's living outside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take it in. And you know, that actually, adopting cats off the streets, is done more. I think it's like 38%. Of the of the cats that are you know how they get into a home, that that's it. You would think shelter. I wish it were shelter. That's for sure. But um, a lot of people just adopt their cats off the street, or as I like to say, it the cat adopted them because the cat chose to live with them. Usually, um, you know, let's talk about the breeder for a minute because when you adopt from a breeder, you typically know what to expect in looks and personality and you almost can pick it like catalog thing right well not necessarily i mean cats are like people we're all individuals and you know that'd be like saying all blondes are stupid you know don't don't even <laughs> go there <laughs> <laughs> not at all my don't love. go not there a, you are one of the smartest people <laughs> i know and a beautiful blonde <laughs> But, you know, there's there's not as many cat breeds as dogs. You know, there's, I don't know, a couple hundred or more dog, you know, purebred registered AKC dog breeds. And there's very few relative to that cat breeds. And cats have been bred for aesthetics, right? The way they look, not behavior. Dogs, on the other hand, have been bred for behaviors because usually, you know, they're truly domesticated. They actually have jobs, you know, they're herding dogs, they're hunting dogs, that kind of thing. So dog breeds, you can absolutely kind of know what you're going to get. I'm going to get a high energy dog or a a couch potato dog or a, a dog that really likes to herd the family around and stuff like that. But 
not with cats and not and certainly not with personality definitely for looks you know i want a siamese i want a beige with the dark brown face and ears okay you know you're going to get that but you know you don't really know is that cat going to be confident and social and outgoing or is that cat going to be shy there there are other many many other causes for cats personalities to develop yeah but wouldn't that test uh that what is it called base pause dna test tell you about the cat i mean couldn't you kind of do a little dna test and know a little bit more about that cat breed and get some more information that way well uh, base pause is definitely the number one DNA cat test available, and and it can trace your cat's breed type, or mix of breeds and origins, and and the breed you know does somewhat influence their personality. More importantly, probably traits. That's probably a better way to put it. And the and the test, though, I think the real value out of that base pause test is the hereditary genetic health condition markers. I mean, that that is super important. That information, you know, can help you to figure out how to help your cat live a longer and better life. You know, that's, that is so interesting. I mean, if you could, I mean, we see this all the time, right? When we go around the country and we see different kitties, um, we're seeing cats that are living to be 20 and 22 and mm-hmm. so on, you know, and I guess you could get that kind of information through that test and and kind of know if at least the, I mean, no, nothing's guaranteed, obviously, but, you know, at least you might know from the from the DNA that the cat might have a long life or something. So how does it work? Uh, do they give you a report or how mm-hmm. does it kind of work? Yeah, and it it's not like there's a graph that says your cat's estimated lifespan is this, you know. It's it's like that 23andMe report that you did, you know. It'll include your your cat's breed and real importantly the dental health score. That's that's real important. And then it's got other vital information about the cat's health and and a lot more, a lot more really fascinating stuff. And you know, they have been kind enough to extend our listeners a discount. So if you're listening and you want to get peace of mind about your cat's health, then go to basepaws.com. It's B-A-S-E-P-A-W-S.com. And when you order your DNA kit, you could put Cat Talk Radio, all uppercase, no spaces, in the discount code thing. And they'll give you $25 off your kit. So I, I highly recommend doing it. You know, we had a listener, we talked, um, a client, a, a cat consult client that I talked about in the last couple of episodes, whose young cats are really battling a bad tooth resorption issue. And she was she was very astute enough to get a base pause baseline on these cats early so she adopted them when they were young and she got them both done and sure enough they they were siblings and both of them said that their you know their apt for dental disease was extremely high and specifically tooth resorption it'll tell you that that it was very very high so she kind of knew what she was going to be up against you know, when later in life, and sadly, it's a lot of extractions and and things like that, and a lot of pain and stuff for the cats. So, I mean, it can really help you. It tells you about, you know, heart and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, 
Wow. I mean, I could see where you're getting you. Well, let's let's put it this way. You often uh, talk about adoption from shelters or rescues rather than breeders. And and I think you kind of do that from that standpoint because breeders kind of take the take it all the way to the breeding component to the point where you know the life expectancy of animals is a lot shorter i think is kind of where i've heard in the past yeah in some breeds that can be true and yeah you know that's a a resounding yes i'm far support you know shelter or rescue adoption over going to a breeder and you know here's the number one reason let's just jump into this the number one reason to adopt a shelter cat especially right now, is because shelters are hugely overcrowded. I mean, some shelters right now are euthanizing for space, and that is not fun for anybody. No, you know, shelters no. do not, don't like to euthanize healthy, adoptable pets, but when you don't have anywhere to put them, and it's a municipal shelter, and they, you come to drop off your pet, they have to take it. They don't have a choice. They're not like the rescues where they can pick and choose because they're funded by taxpayer dollars and that's their function. And when they get full and more are coming in the door, they don't have any choice but to euthanize them. So when you adopt from a shelter or a rescue, you're really saving two lives, right? Because you're adopting one, you're saving that life, and you're making room for another one to come in. So yeah. You know, clearing out that kennel space is is equally as important. You know, you can do that by fostering, too. You know, we we went, we had to drop off our foster kittens yesterday because we're going out of town and, you know, couldn't take them with us. So, and sadly, the rescue that took them back is pulling as many cats as they can from the local shelters because the shelters are going to have to start euthanizing for space. And so, you know, I felt... I felt bad about these kittens taking up a kennel waiting for spay and neuter, you know, the just but we didn't have any choice. And when we get back, we'll get more and clear out another another kennel, but kennel space is just as important as as the life you save by adopting that cat from the shelter. So you have six reasons you think people ought to adopt from the shelter. What is number 2? Well, number two is kind of what you were alluding to that, you know, backyard breeding is one of the things that causes shelters to be overflowing in the first place, you know, so don't support backyard breeding. Don't fall for that free kitten on Craigslist. Go down to your local shelter and adopt one from the shelter instead, you know, backyard breeders typically prioritize profit over animal welfare and not when it's free clearly they're not profiting off that but they're they're irresponsible and they're not getting their animals spayed and neutered to stop this continual overpopulation we have a a cat and dog overpopulation problem in this united states and it's because people think that their pets are disposable Well, it's not a cute puppy anymore. Well, now it's developed some behavior problems that I just don't think we can live with. Let's take it down to the shelter. It'll find a better home. Well, they often don't find a better home. You know, we need to be responsible for making sure our pets aren't contributing to the overpopulation. And if they have behavior problems, seeking help on our own and not dumping those problems onto somebody else. 
which, of course, is the whole premise of Cat Behavior Solutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, it, you know, isn't getting one for free better than, you know, having to pay down, pay it some other place? Well, first of all, most shelters are waiving their adoption fees. So you can get it for free from the shelter anyway. Now, not usually the rescues because, like I said, shelters are supported by taxpayer dollars. So they really don't have to charge you to adopt the pet. You know, they, they've, got, they've got tax money funding. But rescues have to pay for caring for the kittens and cats prior to you adopting them. And it's not just food, but it's vet care and it's things like that. And, you know, quite frankly, if the adoption fee is an issue for you, then you should probably be asking yourself if you can really afford to have a cat because they're going to need regular vet care. They're going to need food and care and toys and beds and scratching posts and things like that. And, you know, it's if you can't afford to have a pet, then, you know, you probably shouldn't. You know, that's a good point. Um, and and uh, that should be sort of absorbed for a minute. But um, moving on, what's your number three? Well, number three is that shelter pets are healthier. You know, oftentimes, it's a lot less expensive, you know, because your shelter kitten or cat is going to already be spayed and neutered and vaccinated. And the shelter's going to have done a, a full vet exam and health check. And, you know, you can worry less about health issues, you know, popping up after, after you get that animal from a shelter than you can if you just get it free off Craigslist. You know, it could be full of fleas and ticks and lord knows what when you're getting it could have all kinds of illnesses or issues and it's not going to be spayed and neutered so you've got to go to all of those expenses so you know shelter pets are are simply healthier you know i i wouldn't have thought about it like that but you know i would have thought buying a purebred you know because they are purebreds i mean it's somebody's business to create you know, purebred animals. And you would think that they would have all of their, you know, shots and they would have everything that makes them much more healthier and they would yeah. breed for healthier. But you not, know, that makes a lot of sense. Not, not, yeah, usually yeah. not. And like you said, probably um, saves even more money to go to, uh, you know, adoption place uh, that's associated to the shelter or rescue or something like that, uh, more so than breeders because breeders are expensive. Uh, but, mm -hmm. um, well, you know, do you ever see purebred cats in a shelter or rescue place? Absolutely. And that leads me to my fourth reason to adopt from a shelter. It's because there's a lot of variety. You know, when you go to a shelter, you're going to see all kinds of cats looking for homes, young, old, orange, black, brown. I mean, you know, all kinds of cats. Sadly, <laughs> hundreds of cats you're likely to see in the shelter that you get to pick from, you know, and they can be a variety of personalities, too. You know, you could get one that's just a really calm catch potato or or full of spice, you know. 
You know, that's uh, full of spice. I, mean, I just have to think about those kittens that we just, you know, talk about <laughs> full of spice. Wow. <laughs> you know, and that's typical kitten kind of thing. But good Lord, those three together were like the three stooges. <laughs> we called them the muddle heads, but, uh, you know, they were definitely full of spice. But aren't those the ones that you mostly work with, though, in, in the full of spice kind of kittens or cats? Yeah, absolutely. Those are the ones that I work with in shelters because, you know, when a shelter gets full and runs out of space and and has to make those horrible decisions about euthanizing for space, well, they go to the least adoptable cat demographic or dog demographic. And in this case, it's the ones that are aggressive and giving the kennel staff issues while they're trying to clean and, you know, trying to hiss and swat and bite it people who might want to adopt them and you know nobody wants to adopt a Tasmanian devil that came in to get a cat you know so so yeah I do I, you know we call it the Freddy cat program in most of the shelters I work with and then I've teamed up with Vitecraft and um, we're rolling out a nationwide cat behavior modification program for shelters called feline right at home and, <laughs> that's <laughs> we're really gonna, cool we're gonna get those spicy cats feline right at home and uh, and so yeah and and you know the other thing is sometimes i i've absolutely seen those particularly spicy cats turn into real love muffins once you get them into a home you know a lot of it is just that that shelter setting is so so stressful and upsetting to them that they don't know how else to respond but defensively and which is aggressive to us and uh, you get them out of there and you get them in a foster home or you get them in a you know and someone's willing to take a chance on them in adoptions and we hear back that they're just love bugs sitting there curled on the couch next to them and that always warms my heart when we get those guys out and see that kind of change Yes, and I would imagine that the shelter is a very stressful place for cats, and they really do appreciate being rescued from that environment. I know I would if I were in that situation. And, yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah, that's good. And that, that, my love, is a great segue into my fifth reason that you should adopt a shelter cat, and that's love and gratitude, because not only does a shelter cat bring love into your life, but often they are aware that you're the one that rescued them from that really scary, uncomfortable place. And they'll actually show you more gratitude in the years to come. Uh, you know, I, I can, I, you know, you could just visualize that for a minute you know, you rescue cats and how many people have you come across and the stories you've told me about where somebody rescues their cat from shelter or someplace similar to that and and they just love their cat and the cat loves them but there's issues that they're trying to resolve and you help them do that so do you think they really know they've been saved yeah i really do you know it's it's horrific for a pet in a shelter and especially a cat right they're highly territorial they get put into an environment that they, you know, it's unfamiliar. There's lots of noises. They're in this confined, trapped into a small space. 
and you know they they can smell fear pheromones in a shelter setting and i i won't go into the sad details about that but let's just say even in the best of shelters it can be a very traumatic experience for them and and if for nothing else cats just hate to be stripped of choice and when we can find them we've totally stripped them of all choice and control Okay, so what's our sixth and final reason to adopt a cat from a shelter? The sixth reason is it improves your health. You know, it's it been proven. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been scientifically studied that pets can reduce stress and help keep us calm and and active in any way, many ways, and certainly make us laugh, which is healthy. And you know, the cat's purring actually fluctuates between 20 and 40 megahertz, which is a frequency range that's been proven to be medically therapeutic. They lower your blood pressure and stress, and they, you know, they help you with depression, and it promotes healing of infections, bones, and muscles that purring does. In fact, they really are starting to develop some vibrational therapy in our bodies that's similar to cats purring because they have discovered that that's what they're doing is they're actually healing their bones and muscles with that mild vibration going on. So yeah, a shelter yeah. cat's going to improve your health. Wow. That's, that's interesting. I don't think I've heard about heard that in depth before where the vibrations you know, really are therapeutic in some way. Hmm, I could see where that might be the case. So you think shelter cats improve your health more than cats from other sources is kind of what you're saying. Well, no, I think all pets who spend time loving us and giving us something to to love in return, you know, benefit our health. But, you know, maybe the shelter pet loves you more so you get more health benefits. I don't know. Just just go with me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds good. And I, you know, hey, we'll 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 end it right there and say, you know what? Go get a shelter cat, and then it'll improve your therapeutic uh, processing. So <laughs> that's great. We'll we'll love that. So it, I'd like to reach out to uh, all of you listeners right now and say if you have any thing that you can think of or topics that you have suggestions for or something that you would just like to reach out to Molly for, you can reach her at molly at cattalkradio.com uh, or you can, you know, if you have a suggestion, send it to her, you know, give her some of the experiences that you've had. She likes to hear that kind of stuff too. So reach Absolutely. out to molly at cattalkradio.com. And if you have other reasons we didn't mention on the show today, to adopt shelter cats. Besides therapeutic. To, to, right, right, right. <laughs> Other than what we talked about today, mm -hmm. send them to me because we'll make a bigger list and add to the show if we get a bunch more. And and also want to support everybody listening. I want to ask everybody listening to support the work we do. Um, you can find us on social media. That's a real easy, free way to support us, go like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and interact with our stuff there. And, you know, we do a lot of a lot of work to keep cats out of shelters and in their homes. And we have built this huge library. I think this is our 177th podcast episode. And we do it all for free. There are no salaries 
paid out of Cat Behavior Solutions or Cat Talk Radio. None. We don't take any of that money in salary or pay anybody. It's all completely a volunteer-based effort. So if you, too, have a passion for keeping cats out of shelters and want to help us out and help us do that and provide tools to shelters and things like that, then consider sending us a gratuity donation for the work we do. And we've made it real easy for you. You can just go to our store at catbehaviorsolutions.org or cattalkradio.com. And in there, you'll find a behavior boutique where we have great cat products. And if you scroll down past the products, there are donation amounts down there. You can just add one of those to your cart and check out with your credit card like you normally would. We made it easy peasy. And while you're in that store, though, you can cruise around a little bit and throw a few more things into that little cart before you check out. You know, there's always treats in there that work for positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. We just started carrying that Vitacraft treat stuff that is just fantastic. In fact, before we started doing this podcast, Molly keeps them in her little bag that she goes uh, to the shelter with, and she's got several of them there so she could share with some of those shelter kitties and help reduce some of that stress uh, for them. And our cat, Pico, uh, dove into that bag, figured out where they were, pulled them out, and started ripping through Made them. a mess. I mean, I walked away <laughs> for two minutes to just go to the bathroom before we jumped on to record this, and I came back. And I have all the lick and lap, the Vitacraft lick and lap in a Ziploc bag. And there's this big hole chewed in the bottom of the bag and lick and lap everywhere. And he looks up at me and kind of meow, like, look what I found, Mom. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, normally I zip that bag up. I don't ever leave it unzipped. But I thought it was way in the bottom and I just was going to go pee. And, oh, gosh. I mean, that stuff is, I, I told him, I said, Pico, you're a Addicted to this stuff, for God's sake. (laughs) So it's a good thing to try with your cat, too. It'll give you that positive reinforcement, Mm -hmm. and it'll definitely uh, create a bond between you and your cat, for sure. So try that Vitacraft treat stuff that we have out there in there, throw it in your cart, and then you can uh, go on to check out. And all those proceeds from the store support our nonprofit work we do. So as Molly mentioned earlier, you know, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Also, this is a volunteer podcast. I mean, we just are here to help you and your cat bond with each other. And we're going to keep doing that as long as shelter Shelter euthanasia euthanasia is the number one cause of death death in in cats. cats. I sounded like an echo with you this morning. (laughs) Yay, as it should be. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again today. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. 
In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.